Hello and welcome back to the Cosmic Crow Podcast. I'm Kelly as usual and I hope you're feeling good for whatever reason today. This week I wanted to focus on those of you who have struggled with what it takes to change your mind. Because it sounds so easy, doesn't it? You know, hey Susie, just change your mind and everything else will follow. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds really easy. Have you ever decided that you wanted to take on this new habit and then you start out really strong, but over a short amount of time, you just slowly fall back into your old ways? (laughs) It can be said that happiness is a choice, but controlling the mind uh, into that is a matter of willpower and thoughts are just as much a habit as what we eat or drink or do on a routine basis. When it comes to discussions on other realities, other dimensions, and and especially if we are living within a hope of creating something new or different than what we currently have in our lives, metamagical thinking is something worth talking about, I think, and possibilities of uh, deliberate delusions. What did I just say? (laughs) Deliberate delusions. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It has been a great help to me in freeing my mind, uh, changing how I think, and also moving myself to a place where what I want exists. So before we move on, I wanted to remind you guys that you can support the show for 99 cents a month. That's all it takes to ensure future episodes and to support what goes into creating the show. And I can't extend my gratitude enough to those of you who have become supporters. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash cosmiccrow slash support. I've also made some t-shirts that you can purchase to support the show. And uh, you can find those on the Cosmic Crow website under the gear tab. So be sure to check the links in the description for all that cool stuff. Metamagical thinking is classified in the world of psychology as a form of delusional thinking. And I've taken some time to really think about how the idea could be used for creation among those of us who understand manifestation and witchcraft and how it all works uh, as a general application in our lives. What do you say we just skip all the work and go straight to being delusional (laughs) about already having the thing that we want? And when it boils down to it, what witchcraft and ceremonial magic does is bring us to a moment of delusion about already having what we are creating. Uh, I, I know I touched on this a little in the split and glass episode and what actually happens in the brain when we come to uh, be convinced that one specific thing is true. But I wanted to think about it in, in a different way, really. It's fairly easy to say that we can all just poof, believe something. <laughs> when in order to do so we have to speak things into existence and feel very deeply that it's true. I think that's why witchcraft in general is so popular uh, because it's effective 
in training the mind and body to know a thing already exists. And what makes witchcraft to others so unbelievable is a distinct misunderstanding about what is what it actually does to us rather than what it does to the world outside of us. But I've been over the truth of the matter before, so I'm not going to spend too much time on, on that in this episode. What I really want to focus on is the idea of becoming delusional however you come into it. Uh, whether it's through affirmations or through ceremonial magic or any other form of changing the mental and physical states of the spirit and the brain. We are essentially becoming delusional through metamagical thinking and uh, success of creation does depend on a great deal of silence unless you have uh, a great uh, amount of willpower. When I think about my own attempts at creation in the past, I think about the rule of silence in witchcraft and I also think about the fact that anyone I talk to about what I'm doing can plant the seeds of doubt. When we allow a seed of doubt to grow in the mind, we negate any work that we've done to remain delusional about what we've created. And like I said about the silence rule, it's more about keeping the mind still and within wholeness rather than splitting the self into a, a battle of whether things will be true or not. If this is something that gives you trouble, I suggest exercises of the will like fasting, uh, learning to release a bad habit, or refraining from any specific, uh, one specific thing for a specific amount of time. Exercises of the will can also be uh, following through on other things like learning a new language, uh, creating a new habit, and so on. Find something that focuses on self-control and willpower and follow through with it until it is fully integrated into an automatic habit. It takes 21 days to form a new habit. It also takes 21 days to form a new neural pathway. Coincidence? Nope. <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> uh, doing things that strengthen your willpower can help to, to hold you in a state of wholeness during creation. And there is no inner battle to contend with while trying to create something new. I know in the past I'd come to a moment where my mind would just wander off into all the reasons something could or couldn't happen, and it was a total lack of willpower to remain delusional. Those are moments when logic steps in and says, how is this thing actually going to come to me? There's no real way this can ever happen. That's an inner battle, and it just has to be stopped in its tracks. And uh, this is the purpose for that rule of silence. It's about keeping the mind still. And uh, so if you have this issue, do some exercises of willpower. 
my most recent exercise of willpower is uh, intermittent fasting. And I started doing this for a few different reasons. It's incredibly good for you. Uh, creates better health in the body. Exercises the will and uh, is a master healing technique. But I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I collapsed within like the first two weeks where my health failed uh, due to this bronchitis that I ha I'd been having. I caught a bug from my son that I assume he got at school and the pollen has just been insane. I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, it happens, you know, but it, it's also part of the reason I started because my immune system has never been that great. You know, I was always sick as a child. I was born with asthmatic bronchitis. My father was also born with it and it seems to be a hereditary thing, but my, by my current age, he had grown out of it and I have not. So every time I get a sniffle, it turns into bronchitis. <laughs> Do you hear what I just said? Whew. Listen to what I, I have been speaking into existence my whole life. That is a story that I have been told all my life. And one that I continue to tell myself and others. And yes, I'm putting it out there and being honest about this so that some of you can understand how this actually works. Every step along this journey shows us one more thing that we uh, might want to change. But knowing how is usually the hardest step to actually changing it. Intermittent fasting was never going to work for me as a healing technique because of my story. That story uh, that I've told myself. But the test of will here is whether to give up and try something else or to recognize the actual problem in my mind that continues to create sickness in my body. And then continue with what I'm trying to do. So how do we fix the problem? How do I create a different story for myself? How do I become delusional about my immune system? <laughs> you know, intermittent fasting was supposed to build up my immune system. Eating right, not putting in dead foods, and giving my body a full 18 hours of healing time is supposed to cure everything, right? But of course, the problem didn't come about because of the lifestyle change. And also, none of that was going to change in two weeks. The real problem occurred when I showed signs of sinus problems that could have easily been taken care of. And my first thought was, oh great, here comes bronchitis again. I was delusional about something that hadn't even happened yet. That one short thought and a knowing in my gut that I'm about to be really sick, that's the rub. And you know, it's not just the thought that I'm going to get bronchitis. It, it's also attached to the fact that when I do get it, it lasts for months every time. That's an unspoken, unacknowledged truth that goes along with every single case of bronchitis I've had in my life. 
I finally got over it. You know, it took over three weeks simply because I'm so used to dealing with it. I don't even think about it. I just go about my days knowing I just have to muddle through until it's gone. And please don't ask me why I have not called a doctor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I never do for bronchitis because nothing they do ever helps. Can you imagine why? Because with or without antibiotics, it still takes the same amount of time to get over. I hope that this helps you in some way to understand that what we are doing physically, it is important, but it isn't as important as what we are doing mentally in most cases. This is something I know so well that I've actually been angry with myself for not stopping this madness sooner. Okay, because this is something that I know to be a fact now. But my point here is willpower and metamagical thinking or uh, delusions. These things don't just apply to outward actions, okay? The ability to recognize problems with the stories that we tell ourselves is the ability to recognize a delusion that we no longer want to entertain. And the will to change it is crucial. So in some way, we have to create a new story for the situation, a new delusion to embrace. In my case, I've adopted the truth that there was never a reason for my low immune system. I could basically create the story that what I eat has always been the problem. And intermittent fasting can fix any problems I have with my immune system. And, and, and uh, gut health and things like that, that's something that I really want to get into because it's very important uh, for, for overall health and your immune system. And, I mean, gut health has a lot to do with uh, everything that goes on in your body. But uh, we'll do that some other time. What's your story? That one story you keep telling yourself that's holding you back, making you sick. We want to identify those stories one at a time and create new delusions. Uh, you know, why do they have to be delusions? I don't know. You can you can call them whatever you want. Uh if you don't like that word, call them stories, call them mental shifts, call them magic, call them whatever you want to call them. <laughs> but my goodness, people, let's get delusional. <laughs> let's, uh, you know, let's see what others can't see and believe something that isn't real until it is created by the will. I know that there's a lot of witches out there who will decide not to listen to this show because I draw heavily from mental processes and use them to explain magic and manifestation. <laughs> but honestly, there's no difference. It doesn't matter how you make magic, just make it, <laughs> you know? There is something that needs to be addressed on the subject of uh, metamagical thinking, though, uh, something we need to be utterly clear about. What is the difference between deceiving yourself and willing a change? You know, uh, that's one of those things that people 
used to backbite um, others in the community. You know, that's not true. You're just lying to yourself and putting blinders on your eyes and blah, 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 you know. So what's the difference between deceiving yourself and willing a change? For example, if your house is on fire, you wouldn't just sit on the couch and deny what's happening. Like, nope, I'm not about to burn. <laughs> you know, that's denial. <laughs> if someone is being extremely violent toward you, you wouldn't look in the mirror and deny your own bruises, would you? That's denial. Willing uh, a change is more about accepting what is and knowing that you can change it. I think a lot of struggles also come from the hope of changing other people in a situation as well. As a, a neophyte learning what we know as modern witchcraft, I, I was taught that spells are unpredictable and not to focus on what people surrounding a situation will do, but rather to focus on the situation itself changing. But that doesn't seem to be the way uh, these days. And so many witches work spells with the intention of controlling people. We somehow think that people are always the reason for our problems. Uh, I can't get this promotion because this person is in my way. I need that specific person to love me. Uh, I have to control my landlord because I don't like their rules. And on and on and on, you know. When the truth of the matter is usually our own awareness of what we think will make us happy. And happiness is also a choice. Uh, making happiness a matter of will as well to take control of our own minds and not the minds of others. Metamagical thinking, uh, becoming delusional, is rewriting your future situations by controlling your state of mind. And done correctly is equivalent to casting a circle, which essentially becomes a portal to a dimension in which what you want is already yours. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time talking about the mind and the emotions because they are vital to anyone's success as a sorcerer or sorceress or witch or whatever you like to call yourself. And they are also very key to alchemical transformation. But I also understand that thinking is not enough for a lot of people. And so I feel like it's almost time to start uh, moving into the reddening because it moves past thought, uh, you know, and abstraction. Uh, the reddening is action, uh, doing and physical expression. It is the act of wholeness, acceptance, and the conscious breath of life in a sense. Of course, changing the mind is our ultimate goal and most of what I've talked about is geared toward that exclusively and let's not forget the principle of correspondence that what is within becomes that which is without it seems that many of us tend to get stuck in the albedo 
or whitening aspect and and that we become only willing to accept what we know it becomes mental processes like the ones that I've been talking about that are never acted out and uh, rubedo is the action needed for full conscious integration of the spirit you'll find it interesting to know that Carl Jung uh, the famous Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst wrote a book about the Rubedo process called The Red Book, uh, Liber Novus. The story goes that his family decided to release the book after his death, and I would love to get my hands on it. I haven't seen it. I haven't read it. It's currently $119 to rent on Amazon. <laughs> And I think it's like something like $170 to buy it. And, uh, you know, but it's something that most people don't realize about both alchemy and psychology. That on the highest levels of both of these things, they are the same. And Carl Jung was a man who understood this, which is why his work was so amazing and world-renowned. He says, in the state of whiteness, one does not live in the true sense of the word. It is a sort of abstract, ideal state. In order to make it come alive, it must have blood. It must have what the alchemists call the rubedo, the redness of life. Only the total experience of being can transform this ideal state into a fully human mode of existence. Blood alone can reanimate a glorious state of consciousness in which the last trace of blackness is dissolved and rejoins the profound unity of the psyche. Then the opus magnum is finished. The human soul is completely integrated. In essence, the, uh, the Rubedo process is per the perfecting of the Philosopher's Stone, which is your pineal gland, and uh, what magicians call the Golden Theta State. In the context of Jung's defined process, it is the relinquishment of the need to control while still having the freedom to interact, uh, demanding a mental connection between the two. So, <laughs> oh, and with that, it looks like I'm almost out of time. I might have a couple of minutes left. I hope you found something here to think about. And I want to thank you guys for being patient with me because I'm still finding ways to talk about some of this stuff uh, that I haven't really had human words for in the past. And I've also been asked to do uh, some episodes on more basic stuff, basic magic and uh, psychic work uh, and all of that sort of stuff. And I, so I'll be trying to get that out for you and just, you know, I'm doing my best to put some of these things into words. I'm finding new information that that is helping a lot of this stuff make more sense to me. Uh, a lot of these things I experience 
before I have, um, before I see them or hear them explained by someone else, you know, so it's a, it's a discovery of things that I've already experienced. So I'm still finding ways to talk about them, uh, so that maybe it can be helpful to somebody else, you know, willpower and the will to bring ourselves to a better or a higher state of being in whatever aspect that we seek is simply human nature in this world that we have built for ourselves. But I think that having an understanding of the fact that we weren't conscious of those things before or that we uh, weren't conscious of the decisions that we made before and now are conscious of them, it, it gives us a great advantage in deciding to be conscious of it in the now enough to change it, you know. So my hope is just to be helpful in some way. <laughs> and uh, I do hope that you all stay blessed and empowered. And I will catch you next week on The Cosmic Crow. I love you guys.